episode 98 for March 2010. The Spider-Man Crawl Space Podcast is sponsored by MailOrderComics.com, and they have today's comics at yesterday's prices. Now, a Spider Spotlight book for this episode is Volume 2 of the Spider-Man Complete Clone Saga trade paperback. The trade is packed at 488 pages, and here's what the description reads. It says, Villains die and debut in this 90s pivotal Spider Saga. Spider-Man and the Scarlet Spider are both fighting crime, and there's plenty to go around when the Jackal arises with more clones in the wings, but following a team-up with Daredevil, who's also having an identity crisis of his own, Spider-Man faces a fate that could wrap up his wag-slinging days forever. The answer may come down to one of Spider-Man's deadliest enemies, but what price will he pay for it, and what prize will he leave behind? Plus, Mary Jane's revelation. Shh, she's pregnant, don't tell anybody, especially Joe Quesada. Aerial crime, warfare, terrorism, and a funeral for a fiend. Now, the cover price, 35 bucks. Mail order has it for $21.69, which is 38% off the cover price. So check them out at mailordercomics.com. All right, tackling message board questions. I've got my spider gummy bears out that I'm going to munch on as I read the questions. And we took our little break from the last show. We're doing this one. Anybody else got eating anything? Yeah, I am. Okay. Chicken McNuggets. Chicken Nuggets, there we go. Hollister for Mayor. We don't know if he likes Nuggets. He's from New York City. Miss Stella, have you read Long Halloween, Dark Victory, or Spider-Man Blue? I think we read Spider-Man um, Blue this month. It was the Morbius t- title. Oh, okay, sure. that's a bet. It's more like <laughs> Morbius vomit colored. Um, oh. Yeah, seriously. I've read um, none of those, um, but I really do want to read the, the first and the third one. JR, have you read Spider-Man Blue? Uh, yes, I have. Uh, I reviewed it. Uh, I can point Hollister to my 2004 year in review. I didn't like it that much, uh, primarily because one, I thought it cost too much. It was 350 when comics were going for two and a quarter back in those days. Yeah. Uh, it took him six issues to tell a story that Stan Lee had originally told in less than half the time. <laughs> And it really offered us nothing new uh, as far as with uh, Peter's relationship with Gwen or Peter's relationship with Mary Jane. or It was just an excuse to go back and, 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 and do something. Uh, a couple of the covers were gorgeous, yep. though. Um, but, uh, I, but no, I, I overall was very underwhelmed by Tim it. Tim Sale, great artist. Kevin, what do you – what's – how – who – damn it. Who do you deal with writer's blocks? I assume it means how do I deal with writer's blocks. No wonder I'm screwed up on that one. How do you deal with writer's blocks? And obviously, since it took me so long to get out, Crawl Space, I don't deal with it very well. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, I I don't know. Writer's block is inevitable, and you mostly just have to move on to something else that excites you at the moment and try to come back to it when you can. All right. You have a newborn clone, Zach. And you and uh, (laughs) what would you name it if you were Spider-Man's clone, and it can't be Ben Riley? Oh. If I was Spider-Man's clone. Um, how about, uh, Riley. Richard. Dick Riley, okay. <laughs> yeah, Richard Riley. Wow. Mr. Bailey, you ever read Roger Stern? No, 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 I got one better, I got one better. Richard Fitzpatrick. Okay. Nice. Ever read Roger Stern's The Life and Death of Superman novel, Mr. Bailey? Yes, I have. It's the uh, novelization of The Death and Return of Superman. It was very good. Uh, Mr. Douglas, have you ever re- heard Weird Al Yankovic's song, Sling Us a Web, You're the Spider-Man? Could you have it in the opening song? Actually, we've already done that. Go back to the earlier episodes and you'll hear it. 
Steve J. Rogers, Brad, since you're the gadget guy on KSN, what are your favorite gadgets that you have featured through the years, and do you actually own anything interesting? Uh, this past week, I interviewed a Crayola collector, and I'm going to... Well, sneeze. Think of the cow. I just, <laughs> I just giggled and lost it. No, I, I profiled a Crayola collector. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I also profiled uh, how you make stained glass artwork, so that was kind of neat. Uh, one of my favorites was the uh, this company in town that does art on tiles, like bathroom tiles, and it's pretty well known in the community of Spider-Man. And when I got out there, they were like, all right, we're going to do a print, and they did a collage of like Spider-Man art, and they put it on these tiles, and they like gave it to me as a gift, and I have it hanging in my spider shrine, so that was one of my favorites. Unique ones that I have. Uh, JR, quickly around the horn, your all-time Cub team. Oh, God. Um, first of all, a caveat. Uh, I do believe that the post-World War II players are the best that we've seen. I don't tend to have too many sentimental feelings about the, the pre-World War II era. But that said, um, Gabby Hartnett for catcher. I mean, he was pre-World War II, but the guy caught for almost 20 years. That's utterly impossible to do these days. First base I have to give to Charlie Grimm only because he's the only Hall of Famer first baseman. Otherwise, I personally prefer Mark Grace, but I have to go with Grimm. Second base, Ryan Sandberg. Shortstop, Ernie Banks. He was A-Rod before A-Rod. I don't think people realize what a great shortstop he was. Third base, Ron Santo. Outfield, Billy Williams, Sammy Sosa, and Andre Dawson. Starting pitcher would be Ferguson Jenkins. It would go to Greg Maddox, Maddox, but that buffoon Larry Himes wouldn't negotiate a contract with Maddox, and so he went to the Braves. And relief pitcher, Mr. Uh, Split-Finger Fastball, Bruce Suter. Wow, that's impressive. Stella, what are your most anticipated books for 2010? Um, probably not for 2010. There's only one book that I'm uh, eagerly awaiting in 2011, but I'd rather not say what it is. Um, but I think for 2010 this summer, I've decided to deem it the Jane Austen summer. So I'm going to – I have this tome of all of her uh, work, um, so I'm going to read that this summer. Michael, new boss really is the old boss at DC. I guess he won't be fooled again. But seriously, what are your thoughts about the direction? Um, not surprised that it happened, considering that DC has been doing very well, so it makes sense to keep Dan DiDio around, even though I don't necessarily agree with that direction. Uh, making Jim Lee co-publisher works as well, because he has experience with doing that uh, from his Image days and from his Wildstorm days. Uh, Jeff Johns, you know, he, he, he kind of deserves the promotion as well. My only, uh, my own, the only quibble I would have is, is something I think is, is something that both companies are kind of suffering from is that if you have these people who are the same uh, kind of controlling the overall direction of the entire universe that you might lose something in terms of creativity since it's all going to follow something of a company line but you know as much as I disagree with what has happened with DC over the last I would say eight, nine years. You know, good for them. You know, bully for them lot. Kevin, same question. Um, I've been really digging what's been happening in DC for a while now, uh, particularly the stuff that Jeff Johns has been kind of shepherding. So, you know, uh, increasing his role can only be a good thing. And uh, I don't have any problem with Dan DiDio. Um, like I said, I've been enjoying the comics, and that's what it's all about for me. So, 
I, I look forward to hopefully more of the great stuff I've been reading. Zach Megadittos for the podcast and SpideyDude.com blog. Is there anything oh. na- new you've learned or didn't notice the first time by all the going back through the clone saga? There was a character that was introduced very, very early on, and then she just flew off the earth. Who's that? Um, I can, and for the life of me, I right now I cannot remember her <laughs> name. She was introduced in like the Exile Return story arc. And was supposed to be one of Ben's love interests, potentially, and then they moved on to Betty Brandt, and then they never spoke with the other girl again. Was it the redhead so, that she fell, he fell in love with a while on the road? No, is that not her? No, 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 it wasn't Janine. Um, it was somebody, it was a, it was a brunette, actually. Hmm. And, uh, she, yeah, I don't know, I'll, I'll, I'll figure out the name and post She was somebody that lived in this building, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, she was, I can't remember the name either, but this was a much smaller character. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Brad, so. Maybe it was the gal that makes some cookies, like the movies. Well, there were several. There were several of them that. Uh, okay. There was actually two different ones that had that happen to. One during the Scarlet Spider era, yeah. and one during the uh, early, um, early part of the console. R W Skull from New Jersey, BD. Where do you get the Spider-Man theme songs that you play at the beginning of each podcast? Would it be possible to put out a CD compilation? The songs are very cool. I'm a fellow Beetle owner. Oh, Beagle owner, not a Beetle owner. <laughs> he owns Paul. Uh, no, uh, <laughs> I, I just surf around the internet. I mean, I, I buy some stuff from, uh, iTunes. I buy some stuff from Amazon. I see, I see some stuff on YouTube, some original artists that are strumming guitars and stuff. I'm always looking for Spider-Man theme songs. And I actually created a, a thread on the board. If you have a spider suggestion that doesn't involve the devil, my God, <laughs> just the word spider or Mary Jane or Gwen or something like that. That's kind of fun. Uh, I might use it for the opening of a theme song, but it, uh, it's amazing. We've gone almost 100 episodes, and I haven't repeated myself yet. So I don't think Superman can do that. <laughs> oh, wow. snap. Oh, snap. Wow. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, did you say something? Yeah, I guess I did. Uh, JR, FYI, I'm 49 years old and I'm reading the Amazing Spider-Man book since I was 12. There's still a few old-timers still out there, so... All right, we'll get together. We'll get together and talk dentures, hearing aids, and hemorrhoids. <laughs> <laughs> and also, he says for the gang, he loves the podcast and looks forward to it every month. Saying so signed it, Bob. So thank you, Bob. We appreciate it, sir. That was his first post on the board. His only post. His on only the board post so on the board. Uh, Lady Spider from Baltimore, Maryland. Maryland. She says, "What is your favorite song, everybody?" Here, I'll just pick one. Uh, Bailey, what's your favorite song? Oh, good God. Um, I'm a really big fan of Birdhouse in Your Soul by They Might Be Giants. Huh. Uh, I, uh, I'm a big fan of Summer 69 before I even knew it was about sex. You know, I, I just enjoyed the song. I like Afternoon Delight. <laughs> uh, <laughs> how do you feel? No, he, they asked about your favorite song. Bro. No, I, I know. Uh, how do you feel about play- Oh, God, you missed that. <laughs> oh, I get it. I get it. Over my head. I'll tell you what. Uh, everybody, wow. how do you feel about plagiarism in comics? What Stella are literate up for that one? <laughs> um, obviously, any sort of plagiarism is bad. Um, uh, I mean, to what extent, I guess, are we talking about plagiarism? Because I, I think she she's referring to the big controversy with Nick Simmons and the uh, anime that he completely ripped uh, oh, off of. I, I don't even know talking. what you're talking about, but. Yeah. It's on. Uh, it's on the front page of CBR. It, it, it was one of those things where, literally, panel for panel, he he uh, took the the characters 
and and uh, he drew him just alike. And then on, on top of that, he took another anime, and that was the story that he. Used. I mean, Lady Spider, you're going to well, be hard pressed was... for somebody to embrace plagiarism. I mean, that's what. I mean, who's going to say? You know what? I really am for it. So, uh, <laughs> Kevin, Kevin, you were going to say something? What are you going to say? Oh, I was just saying he was also brick stupid enough to pick like <laughs> the best selling graphic fiction in the world. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 a manga that sells better than any comic and any other manga. Well done. Nobody's going to catch yeah. that. Uh, Stella, how was Kevin on Valentine's Day? Did you have to cut him? No, I didn't cut him. Um, <laughs> you know. you cut him off. Oh. oh. Wow, that's... Someone, someone was going to say it. I took the bullet for that. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it would be a martyr. Um, I was going to say something, but I don't know if it would be inappropriate, so like, maybe I'll, I'll say it. Go ahead. I was just going to say, at least I didn't get any brush burn from his whiskers. Wow. Oh. JR, why do you think uh, writers refuse to put characters together that we all know they meant to be, a.k.a. Batwoman, or Batman and Catwoman? <laughs> well, I was about to say it's interesting you use a DC analogy to ask a uh, Marvel zombie, but uh, but I think maybe the the, the undercurrent is Spider Man and Mary Jane too. Uh, well, you know, to be honest, in long serial fiction, you really can't put the lovers together permanently. Nope. They always have to kind of be trying to to find each other, getting together briefly, losing each other. That's kind of the way it works in in long fiction, and uh, that's just kind of the nature of it. Now. It's something that has to be done very well and very carefully, or else it exasperates and bores the audience. Um, the, the, uh, the deal with Mephisto is, is an absolute outrage. Splitting Peter Parker and Mary Jane apart is not an outrage, but the way they did it was abominable. Yeah. Uh, as far as Batman and Catwoman, those two are psychos. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> wow. They're just nuts. I mean, I don't know if you'd want to. Say, I mean, that one, that would, that would definitely be something to see, but uh, not in an all ages book. So, but anyway, that's my answer. extreme spider from New York City. Everyone, if a song had to be used to describe yourself, what would it be? Okay, real quick, Zach, what's your song? Oh, jeez, don't forget me while I'm gone for this podcast. Jr. Uh, my wife, Twisted Sister, had a song, I think, that said, you're an SMF, and I think my wife would say that applied to me quite Sexy a bit. Sexy mother... So. F- yeah, okay. Uh, oh, my yeah. God! <laughs> yeah, right. Substitute sexy for something derogatory, uh, and you guys... Stupid. Stella, yeah. I, I want sexy. I'm going with it, Jara. Screw it. Uh, <laughs> Stella, what's your song, girl? You know, why not the uh, the most recent intro song for Batgirl to Oracle? Uh, Christina Aguilera's uh, Keeps Getting Better. Okay. Kevin? I'd probably go with if I was your vampire. Nice. <laughs> Mr. Bailey? Stop talking about comic books or I'll kill you by Ookla the Mock. Are you kidding me? That's a song? <laughs> yes. <Wow. laughs> huh. Okay. I'll go Afternoon Delight. Uh, Brad, if, <laughs> if your evil twin brother, I'm an only child, okay, Red Comics, would he read DC? Why are you always the one to bring up Aunt May having sex? One, because they both suck. Uh, Stella. Oh, 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 oh my God, Brad! Really? Uh, I'm just giving you shit. I'm, I imagine DC is just fine. Hello, Aunt May having sex should not happen. She's gonna throw out a hip. Stella, I hope you have more of these guys on your podcast. Oh, for sure. Um, I mean, at least Michael is gonna come on, but you know, it'd be kind of difficult to have uh, Jr. and Brad and um, Zach on when I don't know if they'd really want to talk about DC. I think Yvonne De Carlo's so. hot. <laughs> That's all I can, uh, all I can contribute. 
That's about funny. Yvonne Craig. Oh, wait a minute. Who's Yvonne DiCarlo? <laughs> Wasn't she on The Monsters? Yeah. Oh, my bad. <laughs> well, yeah, Stella, don't have me on. Uh, yeah. <laughs> JR, have you ever read DC? Uh, yes. Uh, and actually, Stella, the, the problem is having me on talking about DC would be a very short review in a, yeah. <laughs> because I just don't know that much. I wouldn't be very informative, unfortunately. Uh, have I ever read DC? Yes, when I was a kid. And then when uh, George Berryman and uh, Alex Hanby started up Hero Realm, I reviewed several comics for a while. And I had a couple of Spider-Man, I mean, Superman and Batman titles to review. But I, I could never get into DC. I'm not entirely sure why, and I don't want to disparage either DC or the characters. Part of it, I think, has to do with I I am just, and I've always said this, I'm a continuity fanboy whore. And when I read Batman or Superman, I never know which version I'm reading. Reading, uh, you know, because you had the uh, the Golden Age, you had the Silver Age, you had uh, uh, pre-crisis, post-crisis. Uh, you have Jason Todd working at being in the circus. Then you have him ripping off the wheels on the Batmobile. You have Paul and Ma Kent dead for five decades, and then you have them alive. I, I don't know. For some reason, that just simply does not. I, I don't. I don't like that, and yeah. uh, that's one reason. And uh, I don't know if it's a good reason, but that's one reason. So, I mean, that's, that's you know, keeping it short, that's best about the best I can do for you right Kevin, now. Kevin, favorite villain in DC and in Marvel? In Marvel, it would probably be Morbius, even though he's not a straight-out villain. Um, DC, I'm not as sure. Uh, well, no, I think I would actually go with um, Jeff John's version of uh, the new Zoom, uh, the reverse Flash. That that was that might be actually my favorite straight out villain I've ever seen. That was an amazing villain, uh, Mr. Bailey. Who would make a good Flash? One actor for each Flash. What does that mean? Oh, oh, I get it. I, I was thinking Flash Thompson. I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, of course you were. Well, I'll go in reverse order uh, for this one. I would say that uh, even though he has been cast as um, Green Lantern. I think Ryan Reynolds would make a great uh, Wally West. Yeah. Well, who's doing, who's doing something with the mic? What? Are you taking it to China? What's going on? Oh my gosh! <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, if he's done. Okay. <laughs> uh, Barry Allen. I think uh, Guy Pierce would make an excellent Barry Allen. I, I honestly do. When I saw the movie L.A. Confidential, I thought that Guy Pierce and Russell Crowe would make a great Barry Allen, Hal Jordan team in a Brave and the Bold film. Cool. So, and for the Golden Age Flash, I'd go with Richard Berge. He was in a series called The Sentinel in the late 90s. Uh, and he's gone on to do a lot of character work. But uh, I saw him on an episode of Law & Order Special Victims Unit last night. Uh, ironically, he was up for the role of Barry Allen in the in the Bilson DeMaio TV series from 1990, uh, but lost out to John Wesley's ship, who would make a good Jay Garrick as well. But uh, I think Bergie's got the look for the character, and he's got the acting chops for it. Cool. Uh, let's see. The other question is uh, Cushing and Stella. What's your who's your favorite Robin? Dick, not included. Wow, that's disappointing. Oh my god! <laughs> Poor Robin. <laughs> Stella, you wow. want to go first? Sorry. 
Uh, definitely Tim Drake. <laughs> yeah, I think once you take, let's, for Brad's sake, I'll call him Richard Grayson. Uh, <laughs> once you take him out of the equation, I think Tim's the only choice. Let's see. Specchio, location that ended time. Um, wow. That's a big, long question. Uh, is there event fatigue? We've had Infinity Gauntlet, Infinity Crusade, Civil War Annihilation. Are, are, Bailey, are you event fatigued? Um, I think, honestly, at this point, we do probably need at least a year uh, in D.C. without a huge, big crossover. And that is not me complaining about crossovers. It's not me complaining about D.C. comics in general. It's just we had Infinite Crisis, which was, you know, followed by uh, Final Crisis a couple of years later. But there was a lot going on in between there. Uh, especially with things like the Sinestro Core War, which may not have been a, a, a true out-and-out crossover, but, man, it was a big event. And then we had, uh, you know, followed almost directly by Blackest Night. And, I, th- you know, and, and, and the thing for Infinite Crisis is it was the worst day DC ever had. And, uh, you know, Final Crisis was the day evil won, you know, and, and, and Blackest Night is, you know, the day the dead come back. Uh, I'd really like the day we all slept in because all of that really, really took a lot out of us. So, and I think that's kind of what Brightest Day is going to be about. Uh, I'll pick somebody for this one. Who's with Conan O'Brien or Jay Leno? Uh, JR, Conan or Leno? JR, you're muted. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm muted. I'm no sorry. Problem. I'm muted. Uh, I don't care because I don't watch late night TV. Remember, I'm an old man. I can't stand <laughs> that way. Stella, do you think Ms. Marvel is a good feminist superhero? If not, then who? Um, you know, I remember when she fell into bed with uh, Wonder Man, and I was sort of disgusted by that. Um, probably not the best one to model someone after. Um, I mean might be a cliche, but I think Babs is, like, a pretty good, uh... Well, feminist, though? Are we talking, like, burning the bras feminist? I don't know. <laughs> or just one that, like, that... I mean, one that represents, like, the feminine gender would be Babs. Uh, one, in my way, Mrs. Crawlspace rightly points out that females in comics tend to have unrealistic proportions and looks. Couldn't the same be said about the male characters, though they're all lean, muscular, and handsome? Yeah, I, I mean... The only six-pack I have is in the refrigerator. I mean, come on now. They're the high, high <laughs> upper echelon of uh, the, the human physique. You agree, Stella? Yeah. Um, I guess, like, obviously I don't have as much a problem with it because, number one, I'm a girl, so, like, I'm fine with looking at that. Um, and number two, I mean, they don't have boobies. Well, I guess they kind of. <laughs> they got pecs. <laughs> they got kind of. They, yeah, they've got their pecs the Rob Liefeld so I'm it, not, yeah. Here's a here's a question for that though, Stella. If you don't mind okay. me asking, is okay. that you say you know I'm a girl, so I don't have a problem with it, but that seems to be an argument that men can't use when it comes to uh, women big who boobies. are yeah big boobies. <laughs> I, was to, I, I was trying to phrase. So it. like, if I were a guy, I couldn't say I'm a guy, so I don't have a problem with it. No, my, but my my point is is that it. it it seems it's like there, there's kind of a double standard there. Yeah. Overall. No, and I think there always will be, especially, you know, if we go to the whole, um, the slapping question, which we won't get back into. But, you know, Michelle Gonzalez, like, that was obviously a double standard 
Um, but at least if you look at it, just like the females, there are there is a diverse um, grouping and um, body type. Um, I think that there is a diverse uh, body type for men as well because, I mean, Iron Fist, who I really like, um, he's not huge. He's, like, well-defined, but he's not, um, like, Luke Cage huge. So and then you I have think Butterball. there's I'm, – I'm sorry? <laughs> the character Butterball from Convention's uh, Initiative, he's, like, a, just a big fat kid. Yeah, and then you've got the blob. So, I mean, there are, you know, everything. But, yeah, it is, you know, it is a double standard, like Michael says. Okay. Uh, Brad and JR, how likely do you think it's that the rebooted Spider-Man movies might incorporate more humor than the Raimi films? Any chance it'll be less depressing? I don't know. If you get teenagers in the show, you might go for the sarcastic humor. Yeah, I mean, I, ho- I do hope that they utilize more humor, to be honest. Yeah. But as far as the depressing part, I mean, yeah, Spider-Man's always been full of angst yeah. and misery. I mean, that's kind of a, a key to it as well. So. Uh, Wade Wilson from uh, the End of the Universe says to everyone, if they were ever to build one, which Marvel character would be make the best kitty ride at Disneyland? Anybody who's got one? <laughs> Hulk Smash. Yeah. Oh or you're gosh. In, you're in. You're in like a roller coaster or whatever, yeah. and you just like you, the roller coaster going up and down. Sit- Simulates the Hulk's leaps, and then you just crash into things and crash into like the abomination. <laughs> just, that was is, cool. Is, is that like oh. the John Denver experience from South Park? <laughs> oh, oh no! Oh, oh my God. man! Wow. How about the Black Cat ride? Because everybody's been on it. No. Oh, oh my God! <laughs> That would be 18 and over, though. This is Disney. <laughs> uh, everyone, better Winter Olympics movie: Miracle or Cool Runnings? Chariots of Fire. Da, 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 da. <laughs> I, I've never seen Miracle, but I like John Candy, so I'll go Cool Runnings. Everyone, Mr. T is going to be Spider-Man's newest like supervillain, or not really. What's his name, superpower, and origin? Uh, how about Goldilocks? Testosterone. There you go. Mr. T, fool. Kidney- he ain't going on no plane. <laughs> no, sir. Yeah. No plane. Mr. T and Spider-Man. I ate the Mr. T cereal back in the 80s with the little T-shapes. Remember this? Boom. Yes. Not as good as C-3PO. Uh, (laughs) Crazy Chris from uh, Drenched in uh, Physical Sweatness. Oh, God. Or is that sweet? Sweetness. 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 That's sweatness. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, get a towel, sir. Uh, Everyone, if you were... (laughs) If you were a superhero or villain of the opposite gender, which one would you be and why? I think Zach would be bitch man. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, wow, nobody laughed you know what, that. You know what? I've been avoiding saying the F-bomb, but fuck <laughs> you, Brad. <laughs> so sorry. I thought that'd get a giggle, but it didn't. Anyway, if I'm the opposite sex, what would you be? Well, I don't know who I, I, I would say some things that, I, I, I would say some uh, things about, like, Brad that uh, <laughs> that wouldn't be able to be uttered on this podcast. Uh, Jer, what are you going to be? Know. I don't know who I would be, but I would want big hair. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Donna Mark, Nashville, Tennessee, Brad. Yeah, happy? Yes, I am. I love it when people put their locations. Uh, to the gang, have any of you played the Marvel vs. Capcom or the Capcom-produced Marvel fighting games? If so, how good are you with Spider-Man and how are you best with? I haven't ever played it. Have you, Stella? 
Um, I have at a at an arcade. I remember uh, playing. I was Spider Man, and then the guy I was playing was um, Captain America, and it was pretty. It was pretty close. It was a one to one battle, and then I think I might have lost in the end. But um, yeah. they have it for download on the PS3 and maybe yeah, the Xbox yeah. too. I'm not sure. I played it. You like it? Uh, I really liked the Marvel vs. Street Fighter game <laughs> that I own for the the PS1. Mainly because I was able to play as Captain America and beat M. Bison into the ground because I could never beat him in the arcade <laughs> on Street Fighter 2. Yeah. Uh, I was always good with the Hulk and Wolverine. I stopped playing in the arcade, though, the time my friend hit me with the Iron Man, like, Ion Cannon, <laughs> which takes, like, 1,600 hits of damage, and I just walked away from the game. <laughs> I'm like, no, no, I'm not fucking playing anymore. No, no, screw you. <laughs> to the game, which media-based Spider-Man theme song do you feel is as iconic as the classic 60s cartoon version? Personally, I like the 270s live-action themes and think the new theme in the Marvel vs. Capcom game is the best of all time. Um, I like the 90s, the, the guitar riff. I think that one's pretty good. That's iconic, I think. Wow, 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 Spider-Man in this amazing wow. Oh, yeah, hell. How can I not forget that one? Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, that's an awesome one. Also, the Sam Raimi one's okay. I mean, when I hear it, I can think of Spider-Man, kind of. It's not as iconic as the Superman theme, though. I mean, that one gives you goosebumps. But that's John Williams. Uh, <laughs> James Hallett. Location, in a place that gives me the California blues. To everyone, a two-part question in the Spider-Man reboot. Would you like to see the filmmakers take Spider-Man's costume back to the working-class roots, that being a simple spandex reflective of what a teenager like Peter Parker could afford, not something indicative of the film's budget? No, I don't think you should mess with the suit. I think the suit's perfect. What do you guys think? Don't If it ain't broke, don't. It ain't broke, baby. I, 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 think, I think the textures of the suit are easier to do in CGI than spandex would be. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think some things you just have to kind of, you know, concede to Hollywood movie making because, I mean, if you look at the old Spider-Man TV show, I mean, yeah, that was a normal, that may have been a normal looking costume, but it was, it looked like crap. Yeah. And everybody would say, oh, I like the movie, but the costume looked like crap. Exactly. <laughs> so, now it's got to look. Would you like to see Peter's eyes through the mask? If so, what uh, would you want to see them at all times or at certain times in different lighting situations? No, never. No, I don't want to see no, his no. eyes. Although they, in every movie, they work a way to rip the mask so you can see the actor's face, like they did on all three movies. So. And the only time that really worked was in um, the first one when the goblin bomb was coming at him at the end and the flash right before mm. it went off and you saw his eye widen. I thought that was really well done. Yeah, I liked it. Je- uh, Jave Trujillo. I'm sorry if I scripted. Javi oh. Trujillo. What'd you? Okay. Austin, Texas. Uh, Brad, <laughs> have you ever had Diet Mountain Dew Ultraviolet? Yes, I didn't care for it. It uh, was It's like a bad grape Mountain Dew soda, so that wouldn't rank very high. I like the one that you can only buy at Taco Bell, which is called Baja Blast Mountain Dew, which is like melted blue popsicles in your mouth. Just made of goodness. And not a real big fan of Code Red. Sorry. Anyway, that's my recommendations for the month of Mountain Dew. Kevin, do you finally did you finally read Green Lantern Crap Corpse? I'm sorry. <laughs> Green- you did not go corpse. <laughs> It's core. I said craps to begin with. Core, 42 and 43, and what did you think of a major character's death? It, I was riveted. I thought it was 
Excellent. Um, had the balls to kill my favorite character and then bring him back in the very next issue in a great, very inventive way that had nothing to do with the Black Lanterns, which, yeah, I thought that was that was really creative. Uh, he did a great job with it, uh, and then some interesting results came from it. So, yeah, I thought it was great. Professor Bale, quick qu- go ahead. Oh, quick question on that, Kevin, though. Doesn't that kind of take the, the hit out of him dying? Well, the thing is, anybody that uh, has ever read comics uh, didn't think he was going to stay dead for long anyway. I mean, A, characters don't stay dead for long, but in this case, he died in the middle of a company-wide event about raising the dead. So there was no punch to his death. Nobody thought he was going to stay dead. We knew he was going to come back. We were interested to see how. And I think he really pulled it off well because he managed to surprise us with how, because it didn't involve the Black Lanterns at all, and that was what was really good about it. Professor Bailey, who's your favorite Green Lantern and Flash? What team do you prefer more, JLA or JSA? Um, I'm a Wally West, Kyle Rayner guy, and I have been since the 90s, and uh, I'm a JSA (laughs) fan over the JLA, but I like the JLA just fine. T.S. Champ, a.k.a. Walter from Florida, says, Zach, what is the best and worst father-son relationship in comics? Zach? How about now? There you go. (laughs) The the best father-son relationship, uh, I I think, would be... um... Oh, man, that that one's hard. I can think of the worst, which is Harry Osborn and Norman Osborn. Uncle Ben and Peter. Well... Yeah. All intents and purposes, that's his daddy. True. Yep. Kevin, when you were a youngster, what was the hero you looked up to? Uh, I've always liked Spider-Man. Yep. Uh, really. So it's <laughs> a pretty obvious and easy one, but there you go. Uh, Brad, when do you take notice of a writer of a comic book and try to remember them? Uh, when they write a good story and I re- and can't wait for the next month to see what happens. And that's one of the problems we talked about in the earlier podcast about how it's choppiness and the amazing books. You know, I I, I can kind of remember a Van Linty story with the Chameleon, and then he gives me a Morbius title. So I just it, it uh, the one of the first writers that I noticed when I was a little kid was Roger Stern and John Romita Jr. in the amazing around the two thirties. Uh, it was the first time I was like, man, this stuff is awesome with the Hobgoblin and this artwork is amazing. So. Uh, I don't know, just when you get an attachment to uh, a piece of work and you just re- remember it. Michael, what EIC do you feel that is being over-criticized by the readers? Well, in all honesty, I feel like they're both being over-criticized. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I think that um, give, you, you, my problems with Dan DiDio notwithstanding, you know, it's not an easy job. It's not a job that I would wish upon anybody. And... It's easy for us as fans to sit kind of on the sideline and, and, and tell them what they need to do, not knowing the, the business decisions that have to go, go involved in it. So I, I actually think DC fans attack Dan DiDio as much as Marvel fans attack uh, Joe Quesada. All right, Stella, who would make a more faithful boyfriend, Dick Grayson or Tony Stark or Kevin Cushing? Hmm. You know, all I keep hearing from you is who has less STDs. <laughs> but I think pushing's it's... out. <laughs> of those two, though, I'd go with Dick Grayson. I don't think you can even use the word boyfriend with Tony Stark. So true. 
JR, with Norman's Dark Reign coming to close, what has been the biggest miss with the event that was published? Oh, wow. That's a really, really good question. There's more than one miss. Uh, uh, I'll try to keep this short because, actually, believe it or not, I am trying going to try to write an article on it. Now, I didn't read everything with Dark Reign, so I don't know what all the different writers have been having Norman do, but there have been two big misses. The first one has been Spider-Man's relatively muted reaction to the whole thing. I mean, basically, this is a man he knows better than anybody else that knows him and he knows exactly what Osborne's capable of. Spider-Man should be going out of his gourd, you know, yeah. but, it, it, you know, that Norman is achieving this role in the world, and nobody is seeing him for the monster that he is. But, you know, his reaction has been very muted. I mean, in New Avengers, it was Hawkeye, Hawkeye slash Ronan who was wanting to kill Osborne and uh, attack Osborne, and Spider-Man's sitting there on the sidelines like a little pussy saying, well, no, you really can't, you really can't kill him. I mean, come on, Peter, this is the man you hate most in the world. And anyway, so that's one. The second is that <laughs> I, I don't really know what Norman's overall agenda was. I mean, I would li- I would like to because from the person on the street, it seems like it's just you know you know more super people fighting more super people. I would like to have seen Norman slowly become a, a true dictator, and I would like to see him gradually erode the freedoms of people. And basically, they put him in this position of power because they think he can protect them. They think he's because he's because he's a, a nasty sob. He can protect them better than anybody else. I would like to see that ordinary person realize the consequences of a decision of putting Norman Osborn in charge of your world. But we didn't get any of that. We're not going to get any of that. We're going to get this, you know, and frankly, I'm very disappointed with the way Siege is going, but that's an entirely different thing. But I would say those are my two big misses. Uh, who likes uh, hair bands from the 80s for this reason? Uh, yes. Indeed. Bailey, you got this one. Uh, if we all were a hair band, what would our name be, Mr. Bailey? Okay, let's see. We're going to hair band, so we got to think clam, right? The yeah. JJs. <laughs> no, that, 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 that's a punk band. That would be a punk band. I would say... Spacers? Uh, I would have to start with... The Crawlers. The cr- Ma- Crawlers is getting close. It's got to stop, mm-hmm. start with like a W, though, and it can't be the Webheads. <clears throat> uh, the Twippers. The whippers. The web. <laughs> we would be the webs. And it, the webs. Yeah, and, and, and I, we'd all have, like, the big poofy hair, and the guys right. would be wearing all the makeup, and nice. we'd have, like, the first really rockin' power, like, anthem as our first track, and then the ballad. Who's the lead singer? Oh, you have to be. Uh, me? Okay. And what's our first smash hit? Uh, our first smash hit is <laughs> uh, Gwen. It's our power. Gwen Dolan. Gwen No, 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 not, 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 uh, not an anthem, but like a, like a, don't know what you got till it's gone type song. I, she fell off a bridge <laughs> and I lost her. And I, yeah, the, the, that would be the one where all the, all, all, all the chicks in the audience would like get all like. And then a broken sort of... neck with the web shooter. <laughs> That's it. All like, right, really. moving on. No one will hear me say that. Noctis7493 from in a library at San Diego, California. JR, over the years, what was the most troubling ethical conundrum did Peter grapple with and confront in order to keep his loved ones safe? Oh, Very God, nice there's, there's all kinds of, uh, I mean, uh, he's been through all sorts of ethical things. Uh, but uh, the thing that comes to my mind is, one, whether or not he should actually kill Norman Osborn. 
or anybody yeah. or anybody else, you know, either out of vengeance for what he's done or fear for what he may do. Uh, I would say that's kind of the number one. The best moment of maximum carnage, though, came when Spider-Man had to give Firestar the order to kill Carnage. That was a great moment. That was the only good moment in maximum carnage, and they wimped out on it. When Spider-Man said, no, 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 you can't do it. No. He, he should have lived with the consequences of having to make that decision. But anyway. Stella, which ancient philosopher's teachings, such as the work of Plato, Aristotle, Machiavelli, or Sun Tzu, would teach you? Yeah. Oh, there you go. Would Peter most likely study and follow? Um, I'm going to go with one that's not in the list. Uh, and someone I've actually studied, Epicurus. Um, <clears throat> he was a Greek philosopher. Um, he headed up the Epicureans, who were against the Stoics, sort of like a Jets Sharks thing. Um, and he believed in sort of uh, attaining ataraxia, uh, which is this sort of Greek term wow. meaning peace, um, and sort of freedom from fear and. Um, that, you know, death mean not, means nothing to us. And Lucretius, who is a Latin author, um, who I actually have read, um, he also goes on to start explaining atoms and, like, what they, um, what are atoms and how are they characterized. And so I think the science in that would uh, also play to uh, Peter's strength. So there's my answer. J.R., I see duckies. Yeah, I was about to say. I was just, <laughs> oh, God. Also, also, I was going to say, wasn't Epicurus what they gave my wife during, uh, during childbirth? <laughs> oh, my. Maybe Epidural. Hypothetically speaking, which young character from the X-Men would you like to see Spider-Man be a mentor to? Mm, I don't know. X-23 could be funny. Yeah. Yeah, that could. You're, he I was kind of a mentor to X-Man, Nate Gray, back in the 90s. So, Spider Tour 02 from New York City. We all know that Brad buys every damn thing Marvel publishes, but how has the economic slowdown affected the rest of you with regards to purchasing comics and trades? And if you haven't been affected, what is your breaking point, so to speak? Stella, you go first. Um, well, you know, if if they were better economic times, I would certainly be buying anything that interested me, but now I look at everything sort of under a microscope and figure out, is this really worthwhile? Is it something that I really want to read? Um, like I've said before, really, I keep my pull list down to like seven, and that's kind of counting the three ASM issues that come out. So um, my breaking point, uh, I really... The 399 sort of scares me. So with if and when that happens, I might be dropping even less worthwhile books. So uh, Matisse Leonard from Through the Doors to Darkness. Two questions. Florida. First, I want to know how the super team with Spider-Man, the Super Harlem Globetrotters, would go. Wow. Well, they would bounce the ball off his head, and then bounce it off his back, <laughs> and then bounce it off his butt, and then then they would like shoot some hoops. There. Exactly, exactly. And my second question is how the new Scooby-Doo movie guest starring Spider-Man would go. We? We? Spider-Man? Exactly like that. Would not Love be it. as awesome as the Batman meets Scooby-Doo. No. That, no, no. that is, uh, I've even seen that one. <laughs> Zerk Fury 819, a post-apocalyptic wasteland. A.K.A. Detroit. Like, Michael, who is more frustrating, Joe Quesada or Dan DiDio? You know, I'm really at the point where I'm kind of trying to move past bitching about either of them. Uh, I would, ha- if you really want an answer, I would say 
Dan DiDio, mainly because I have more of a of a uh, horse in that race, so to speak. Yeah. Um, and we're not talking to Aunt May. Well, oh, my <laughs> gosh. But, you know, like I said, you know, I, I've done enough complaining, uh, needless complaining. I'll, I'll take some cheap shots when I think they're funny. But um, yeah. I just I just think that, uh, you know, they both have very unenviable positions. And uh, I wouldn't want to be in either of their shoes. Kevin, when asked if the super if the super marriage was going to go away, Bob Rucka answered, "Quote: No, we're not Marvel." Your thoughts? Thoughts are hell yeah. Um, <laughs> a lot of people, for some reason, have been worried that JMS is going to get rid of that marriage when he takes over Superman. But um, there's nothing to worry about. I mean, you have this quote from Greg Rucka. Actually, um, it's Greg Rucka and Bob Wayne. I think it was probably Rucka that said this. Uh, you have that quote, Mark Guggenheim is taking over Action Comics, and he said what he really wants to do is uh, focus on the marriage. So, yeah, this this whole thing makes me feel good, because I don't want that going away. Uh, Zach, Samurai or Vikings? Vikings, just, Vikings rape and pillage people. Samurai just slash people to death. I don't know. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> JR, what is the worst non-Spider-Man comic that you have ever read? Uh, I actually had to go into my... Uh my box at the bottom of my stack, there were a couple I reviewed for Hero Realm. They were both indies. Um, the first was something called Twilight Girl, <laughs> which, which, which was by a firm called Cross Plains. And it was basically, it was populated with all kinds of archetypes of Marvel and DC heroes, but the uh, main villainess was a dominatrix, and she was mm-hmm. torturing Batman and Robin archetypes in the basement uh it was just i mean i'm not i don't have problems with sex and sexual references but this was just way too over the top not even modestly entertaining the second one was called deja vu i'm doing this partially for uh, stella's sake uh this was pre-twilight and this was about vampire gangbangers and it was it was it was filled with all kinds of foul language which again you know what, I've used all the words. What's the point, you know? But second of all, they had a pin-up page at the end of the lead female character. She didn't have her shirt on. Her armpit oh. was raised so you could see her oh. armpit hair. And, oh, oh, oh. and she was given, she was giving the finger and the finger was posed over her armpit hair so you couldn't miss it. And it's like, oh, it's like, man. what the hell is the point <laughs> of that? So oh, those two, I think, were the only two when I reviewed for Hero Realm that I gave Fs to. So, mm. uh, for all if Menace, hey, what happened to Menace? We're twenty issues in. Have we seen Menace in a long time? No, they kind of mercifully like faded her off in the sunset. She's pregnant. Yeah, I think they're waiting until she has the baby because that's the story oh. I want to tell. For all if Menace is the new villain, is the villain in the new Spider-Man reboot? Who would be more suited to play her, Hillary Clinton or Nancy Pelosi? Yeah, <laughs> Reno. <laughs> oh, okay. I don't know which one's worse. <laughs> you know, uh, if you want to do an uh, an honest answer to that, how about uh, Lionel Richie's daughter, Nicole oh, Richie? Nicole Richie. She kind of has the same look. Yeah, I was thinking about the, uh, the Hillary Clinton, Nancy Pelosi, them actually playing Menace and somebody else playing, you know, Lily Hollister. Spidey Site UK, Stella and Brad, have you picked up the PS3 game Heavy Rain? If, if you have, what are your thoughts? I hear it's great. I don't have it. But. Yeah, I hear it's great as well. Um, I really want to, but first That's on my right. list is God of War 3, and I just bought that, so Ooh, I have nice. to wait on the I'm Heavy still, Rain. 
I'm still trying to beat through one and two. I never played on the original PS2, but I love it so far. Uh, JR, what are your thoughts on DC heroes such as Superman, Batman? Because I don't hear you mention them all at all. Well, I don't mention them because that. That's not where my area of quote-unquote expertise lies. That's Mr. Bailey's uh, expertise. But, yeah. but I love Superman and Batman. I absolutely love them. I haven't been very fond of their comic books for various reasons, but I think the first Superman film with Christopher Reeve is the best superhero movie ever made. I love it. Mm-hmm. It only kind of falls apart when we get to Metropolis and we start going through all that uh, the cornball Ned Beatty stuff. But the first half when he's growing up in uh, you know Kansas and he's out in the field and he has to tell his mother he's got to go, that's heartbreaking. No, I love Superman yeah. and Batman. I agree. Zach, are you getting the Clone Saga trade paperback number two? Also, how many trades do you think the collection will be? Uh, yes, I am. And uh, I think I posted this on one, on one of the uh, front page of things, but it, I think it's going to be about seven different trades. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I've also ordered it. Looking forward to rereading it. Bailey, what are your thoughts on Michael Rosenbaum as Lex Luthor, and could you see him in a Spider-Man villain role? Um, I liked him as Lex Luthor. It was an interesting take on that character at that position in his life, I actually thought Lionel was more of the post-crisis Lex Luthor than, uh, than Rosenbaum was. Uh, no, I, I liked him a lot. He had a lot of charisma. I liked seeing his and Clark's friendship develop, uh, not in a slash Vicky sort of way, but, uh, but just, uh, just seeing them become friends and then realizing that because of their two destinies, they, you know, they can't be, as a Spider-Man villain, you see, I'd see him more as Spider-Man than a villain really? because he's got such great comedic timing. That would be a really interesting casting. He's a hmm. funny guy, and he's got, you know, if you ever watch the outtakes on the Smallville uh, DVDs, he's just cracking everybody up. But if I had to, hmm. to pin it down to one... Uh, one villain, God, I would have... Harry Osborn. I would say Mysterio. Oh, okay. Hey, he's a good Harry. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Stella, what's your favorite Spider-Man animated series theme song? I'd go with the 90s. Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah, that's Spider-Man Unlimited one. Awesome. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Spider-Pool 279 from Frederick, Maryland... Kevin, as a follow-up to last month's question, when did you say burn up? When you say burn up in sunlight, what do you really you you really mean? Hot, right? I'm already really hot. Thanks. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I just did an impression of Stella there. Uh, Zach, why do you take so much crap from everyone? You gotta fight back, fool. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, it's it's all and it's all done in love. You know, I, yeah. it, it'd be different if they were being assholes, then I would have to, you know, go shake a pitch. But, uh, you know, whatever. He gives back. He, 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 he gives back, too. He gives up the office. Yeah, he gives up the office. What the hell? Stella, Stella, last episode, we never heard about your worst date. you got to share. Also, what do you think of the Spider-Man loves Mary Jane joke in my signature? Um, I like the joke down there. Um... And uh, my worst date, I guess the worst date, you know, I already was in a bad mood because somebody, well, they were giving me a time frame and um, they were saying, I'll pick you up at 4.30, 
four to five or four-ish, we're going to have some drinks. He was going to have some drinks with some guy. So he's like, well, you're not going to put me in that sort of situation where I'm getting into a car with you and you're already, like, intoxicated. Um, so then I sort of pushed him to not drinking at all. And then I was just sort of on a double date, but to me it was like a three-on-one situation because um, – he knew the other two people, and I didn't, so I just sort of sat there and looked at a TV. Uh, so that was probably my worst thing. That's sad. Yeah. I'm sorry. Oh, you know. JR, have you ever considered binding together all your articles and selling a book? I would buy it. We kind of hit this one up. Marvel would sue your ass, wouldn't they? <laughs> well, uh, we did it before, <laughs> yes. Uh, well, I don't know that they would, but you know, first of all, uh, the book wouldn't be commercial. Uh, the anthology I contributed to uh, a couple of years ago has sold only 1,148 copies. And that, I own one. <laughs> thank you. And, and that, was, that was distributed nationally, and it actually had real writers like Keith R. A. and D. Candido and some others. 1,148 copies. The royalties earned so far have generated only one-seventh of the advances that were paid. So the moral of the story is aspiring writers, don't quit your day job. Uh, also, uh, I, I think now, you know, one, I could use no images from the Spider-Man comics because I, they'd have to be licensed. And the fact that Disney owns Marvel and Disney is a lawsuit machine, if the guy who does Life of Riley ever gets his book published, uh, well, maybe we'll think about it. But otherwise... Well, well, yeah. JR, what, what you got to think of, though, on <clears throat> this is the assembled books put out by... Van Allen Plexico and the people from AvengersAssembled.net that they self-published the book, basically. Uh And all of the proceeds that they made went to charity. So if you did something like that, uh, you wouldn't make any money off of it, but it would get your essays out there and contribute to something that you feel strongly about. Uh, I I tell you, I got so much going on that I'm not even sure I could put in the time, to be honest. Uh, And speaking of so much going on, folks, I have to leave. I promised my son to take him to a movie, and so I must depart. So I will will talk to you all again at a later date. Tell Spencer we said hello. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Jared. Uh, Mike, what is uh, it about the Man of Steel that you admire so much? You know, it's like a... It's become kind of a cliche at this point, but, you know, it is the fact that he does the right thing because it's the right thing to do. It wasn't any great tragedy in his life that, that drove him to be the uh, the man of steel. He, he was raised by uh, a loving couple. He took their lessons to heart and used and realized that he can't use his powers for personal gain. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brad, which one are you looking most forward to, Kick-Ass or Iron Man 2? Iron Man 2, probably. Kick-Ass, I just don't like the little 12, 13-year-old girl cussing so much. I don't know what it is about that. It just kind of turns me off. But I'll, I want to go see both of them. Betty White's I mean, hysterical cussing with the little girl, though. No. I agree with that. <laughs> exactly. It just, I don't know, it takes away the innocence or something. I don't know. Uh, to all of you who were trapped on an island with no f- way of communicating to the outside world and no idea how long you had been before you were found, which trade paperback would you take with you? I would take my Rising Stars uh, compendium because that's like 40 issues, most of them written by JMS, and it's a hardcover, so it would keep longer. Mm-hmm. There you go. I would take the uh, one of the cold target trades. I wouldn't take an omnibus because you'd sink if you tried to float on it. Very <laughs> true. That was actually going to be mine. That was going to be the uh, the Death and Return of Superman omnibus. 
Uh, even though they cut out a lot of the world without a Superman, the bastards. Yeah. Okay. Stella, did you have one? That draw your one. There you go. Zach, did you have one? Probably Clone Saga. Mm-hmm. I said that. Okay. Amazing Spider-Man uh, from Oregonia, Ohio. First, what is your favorite Spider-Man series and favorite episode of that series? Uh, Spider-Man's Amazing Friends and the Hulk episode. Mine. I'll I'll agree with that though, man. That that clone episode of the live action series was just awesome. <laughs> yeah, well, I was thinking more of the uh, clone episode of nineties, um, nineties series. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I'd go with the. Uh, oh. oh, go ahead. Oh, go the nineties, uh, the the Venom saga was always my favorite. Kev, uh, I'm not sure about episode. I think at this point I'd have to go with Spectacular Spider-Man as my favorite series, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree with that. Come think of it. Indeed. Second, what is your favorite Spider-Man storyline? I like that uh, little-known classic, Amazing Fantasy 15. <laughs> Chapter one. <laughs> no, <Yeah>. just, uh, <laughs> bastard. I, uh, uh, who's going to go see Iron Man two? Yes. I think we all are. Yeah, for sure. Midnight, no, yeah. midnight show, baby. Hell yeah. Hell no. For, Party at for, Kevin's. What? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Kevin, no? I'm going to see it. I'm not going to no damn midnight showing, though. I'm an old man oh, with a nine-to-five, yeah. people. <laughs> Gosh. You are like uh, ten years younger than me. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Persian spider from Iran, Tehran. To Zach, since you love Ben Riley so much, have you seen the science fiction movie Moon, which was about clones? If so, what do you think about nope. it? By the way, thanks for spoiling Moon for me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I haven't seen it. Have you seen Full Moon? <laughs> no, I won't, I won't. I won't see. Uh, well, that's New Moon. Yeah, I'm sorry. I see New Moon. You can pay me to see that stuff. Wow. Keep their, keep their pants on. Uh, to Jr. Will you be a full shit? Stella. Okay, I'll, 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 I'll say that. To Stella, how do you feel about the news that the new Scorpion will be a female in the pages of Amazing Spider-Man? Do you think it's a good idea? Um, I'm sickened, and all, I just think about uh, the female Craven, and look how well that turned out. Well, they, uh, they are a female scorpion. Where the hell did she go? <laughs> I know she's in the Hulk book, man. Yeah, Why do they need another scorpion? I don't get it. I don't know. My benevolent complaint, I don't exactly know why, but perhaps it's because you don't have time or that you try, are tired at this point, but it seems that you don't devote enough time to answering the questions at the end of the podcast. That's because we're going on, what, hour four now? Yep. Yep. And That's because, how- you know, things happen like JR has to leave and we're trying to get through them fast enough. And- yep. Yep, and I, ideally I'd like an hour and a half show for two episodes that we record each each month. So we're plowing through them because there's a lot of them. And we never pace <laughs> ourselves that well. We we start giving long answers to the early questions, so by the end it's like, damn, there's still this many more. Got to flow, and I'm already three minutes over the deadline. I wanted to wrap up on. R. Hagen, Conway County, New Jersey. Uh, let's see. Any writers you don't want on Amazing Spider-Man or Spider-Man ever? Didn't we do this before? And we, yeah. we all said, like, Frank Miller. There you go. <laughs> Bailey, do you think that the idea of having a tight community and a shared comic book universe has truly fallen by the wayside in today's comic industry? I don't think you could say that at all, considering how shared Blackest Night and, uh, the you know, Darkest Rain were. I mean, it, it's just, uh, we're in a new continuity, and I think we're still having the growing pains from that new continuity. Kevin, as a fan of Crawl Space and the interesting tales you've woven in its pages, is there any chance to see the Hobgoblin? Uh, absolutely. Definitely see the Hobgoblin. Uh, whether or not we'll see Roderick Kingsley and who's under the mask, that's up in the air. Your ass is bringing back Secret War Hobgoblin, guaranteed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Damn, Bendis isn't doing shit with it. Uh, <laughs> Stella, do you think that... Uh, oh, crap. Uh, Aeneid? The Aeneid. The Aeneid is a worthy follow-up to the Iliad, or is it more akin to Roman propaganda as it ties to the founding of Rome to the legends of ancient Greece and Troy? Good Lord, Stella. <laughs> you see, all the um, all the Whoa. questions I get have to be long-winded answers. Um, <laughs> I, I do think that is a worthwhile follow-up. Um, and, you know, right after it was published, it was made school-wide texts. And up to this time, the only school-wide texts were um, in Roman schools at that time were Greek. So this was like the first legitimate um Latin text that kids had in that time. Um, and Virgil did a very good job of trying to really keep close ties to Homer. Um, he, you know, you never see Odysseus, but there's always reference. You, you know, you find one of his um, lost sailors on the I- island of Polyphemus. Uh, but yes, it is Roman propaganda. You know, there's still debate as to whether it's pro-Augustine or anti-Augustine, but Augustus really th- liked to think of himself as um, Aeneas, the character. So, you know, that's it really is um, just bolstering uh, the Roman state and making it the greatest that it could be. Zach, do you like puppies? I'm <laughs> oh, sorry. Oh, my God. <laughs> Zach, what was the last book you read? <laughs> the Reagan Diaries by Ronald Reagan. Okay. BD, what's the most unusual piece of Spider-Man memorabilia you've ever seen, and but was unable to justify buying it? Uh, Mary Jane bent over washing the clothes. I thought that was kind of funny because it was so controversial. But damn, if I drop two hundred, I'm living on the couch. <laughs> Jr., do you think? Uh, J- Jr. left. Okay, next. <laughs> B Dog from Canada. Brad, hey. Stella, and Zach, were you affected by the huge PS3 meltdown error? If so, how? I wasn't. I wasn't. I, well, I texted Stella and Brad. I was like, hey, uh, don't turn on your big fat yeah. ps 3 Yeah. And I got that text after I had turned it on, but I put in a DVD, so I think that's what saved me because I hadn't been playing games at all, so I think that was like the saving grace. Uh, did you have connected to the Internet, though? It might have signed me in before I put the thing in, but nothing has happened because I played Uncharted 2 online afterwards. and. Well, they fixed it, yeah. I, I just what like What happened? I, like a, it, it was basically they thought 2010 had a leap year, so the calendar said February 29th. That yeah. happened with my Zoom. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I did a story on it that day actually, and, and it just the PS3 years were pissed, but it fixed it on March 2nd. So well, what, what, they didn't even have to send out an update. Well, yeah, and, and uh, the pro- <laughs> the problem was was that you it got to where you couldn't even play uh, games offline. Right, and that was that was the problem that people were having. Like people bought the new Heavy Rain game, and and you couldn't play that game uh, even when you were offline. So yeah. Uh, Kevin, Crawl Space Number Eight. Can we have a preview, like a two-page preview, please? You can have all twenty-two pages yeah. if you go there right now. <laughs> yep, and we already teased issue nine coming out sooner. Yeah, hopefully in a month. Later. Issue nine will hopefully yeah. be in a month, and it'll begin a story, a three-part story called One in a Million. Bailey, are you going to come back to the DC Universe as of brightest day? No, more monetary than anything else, but I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm cool. I'm cool. Cool. Um, Kevin, how awesome do you think John's Flash will be on a scale of 1 to 100 lightning bolts? If it's anything like his last Flash run and pretty much everything else he writes, it's going to be at least 110. Nightwatch from Greenville, South Carolina. We saw the Dark Avengers battle Morgan Le Fay and the Molecule Man. What other Avengers foe would you like to see them face off against? Nobody, because they're not going to be around anymore. 
Oh, let's see. How would you feel if post Dark Rain Norman continued to use his Iron Patriot persona, wearing the costume or having the Iron Patriot appear as another voice in his head? Nope. Go back to the Green Goblin, in my opinion. I'd have to punch my comic book. (laughs) (laughs) I'd have to punch my book. As far as the movie reboot is concerned, you discussed what villains you'd like to see. What supporting characters are you hoping to see? I want Robbie to have more of a role. Robbie hasn't done shit in the movies, has he? Robbie Roberts? Jack no. Diddley Squad. And he was yeah. really badly cast, too. I thought he was... I, I agree. I think him and I, Flash I, I, were probably the worst cast in that whole series. I think Danny Glover would be a good Robbie. I've always, did you ever watch Night Court? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, Mac. Oh, yeah, Mac. He'd be the perfect Robbie, I think. Oh, nice. Viper from South Africa. Zach with the uh, the Clone Saga oh, mini now over... How do you think it stacks up against the original ending? Um, see Clone Saga Chronicles the Omega Edition, because I'll be talking a lot about that, uh, the, the last chapter of that one, because I, I don't want to hear it up now. And I'll might be talk- and I'll probably be talking about it in another podcast. Why not? Which one's better? Come on. Answer the guy's question. Uh, <laughs> personally, don't and then- personally I, I think, I think <laughs> Revelations was better. Um, really? Uh, it killed your character, though. Yeah, I, well, but I, I really did enjoy the ending of the mini. I just – Revelation is better for, for a whole multitude of different reasons. Okay. Michael, do you have any interest in the First Wave limited series from DC? What is First Wave? It's uh, the series that uh, goes back to the Pulp Heroes with Doc Savage. And oh, the yeah, that. Um, you know, a vague one, but I'm not a big fan of Brian Azzarello as a writer. So, so, so that's that's kind of, or as my friend Thomas DJ would say, Brian. If my HBO was out, I wouldn't have anything to write about Azarello. Ooh, uh, that's cold. Whoa. But, uh, but I, I'm kind of interested in the Batman end of it. Batman. Uh, oh my gosh! Take a shot. But <laughs> maybe maybe I'll buy the trade in a couple of years. Stella, uh, do you agree heroic age is long overdue? I'm not really sure what this is. I mean, I know what it is in Greek terms, but what is it in terms of comic well, books? When, when the heroes get the power back from the villains and Norman. Yeah, they're calling the post-Dark Reign era the heroic age. Oh, I yeah. see. Um, but isn't that the way it, that's like the status quo. Isn't this sort of more interesting that, you know, the other side of the scale is tipped more now? Well, it's supposed mm-hmm. to be that, you know, basically since Avengers disassembled, everything's been, you know, they got disassembled and broken. They had a civil war. They had World War Hulk. You know, we oh, haven't I really see. had that kind of heroic age in about five to seven years. Yeah. Yeah. Also, Javi or Jave, help me out again, guys. Javi Trujillo. Yes. From Javi. Austin, Texas. Uh, I apologize if this is too personal, but what's your comic budget for the month? Mine has gone all over due to Blackest Night. There, there it is. Good lord. <laughs> Did you just say Blackest Night? Yeah. Uh, that was part of Excellent. Hobby's question. Actually, oh, okay. I, I, was, I thought that was Brad's answer. I was really yeah. confused there for a second. I did it first, too. I had to check the thread. <laughs> um, uh, I'll, I'll answer. Um, go ahead. We post it up on the board every Yeah, month. exactly. You can look at the in, the... in the comics forum, there's the What Did You Order This Month? And you can keep track, but... Uh, I've been keeping it about 75 bucks a month lately, which is more than I'd like to spend, but it's the best I'm going to do right now. Yeah. I, I really don't want to go over 200 uh, <laughs> You know? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I really don't. Uh, I, I'd love 150 every month. That'd be awesome. And when they put out a Marvel Masterworks of something I don't really give a damn about, it's usually under. But uh, that's my budget. Stella? I'm like a $25 person. 
Seriously? Wow. Yeah. No, I, I'm like a hundred. I'm a hundred dollar person. Bailey, what do you spend a month? Uh, I spent ten dollars last month. Really? That's it? I have no money. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I you well, know, that seems like it's just Amazing's, isn't it? Uh, I haven't picked up my Amazing's in quite some time. Yeah, they're all sitting there. I'm going to buy them. Yeah. So I don't feel bad for mm-hmm. what I do for the purposes of review. Yeah. But uh, I, you know, I, I, I can't, I can't afford to. I mean, I was able to pick up a bunch of books back in uh, February when I got my tax return, but I wasn't. You know, it's just, it's just been really bad for me lately. <laughs> yeah, I understand. I, I miss sixty cent books. <laughs> All right, uh, that's the end of the board questions. Appreciate everybody writing in. Uh, real quick, we're going to do recommendations before we put a postage stamp on this thing and send it to the internets. Uh, let's see. Zach, you're breathing, so let's go with you first. <laughs> I'm breathing. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're all lit up on my Skype. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you, go, you go first. My, uh, my recommendation is Crawl Space number eight. Um, oh, yeah. I uh, I can't recommend that, that <laughs> enough. Uh, I've got two shows I want to recommend as well: um, Castle and Chuck. Oh yes, both, both great. Both great shows. So. Okay, uh, Kevin, what do you recommend, sir? Well, I will return that and recommend CSA number six, not just because uh, it's written by a good friend, but because it is uh, quite an awesome action-packed issue. Um, I also want to say, because I raked Batman and Robin over the coals so much a few months ago, I will admit that it is improving. Uh, I quite liked its uh, its last three-part arc, um, and, and part of that is just that I think the art was much better than it's been so far. Uh, and I've been watching Farscape on DVD uh, for the past few weeks. I'd never seen it before, but it was recommended to me. Uh, it's, it's a sci-fi show from a couple years ago, lasted four seasons, and honestly, I didn't expect much from it, because it's, it's really hard sci-fi, like, it's, it's out there, you've got, uh, you know, weird aliens and, and strange ideas, and, uh, it's, it's not for, it's not for people that don't like sci-fi like Battlestar Galactica is, it's very sci-fi, but, uh, they do an incredible job, I've been very surprised, uh, they do... I'm not a big fan of just single-issue or single-episode stories, but they do some of the best of those I've ever seen. And when they do build a longer narrative, uh, it's excellent, it's uh, psychological, and it's got some really good characters to it. So I would recommend Farscape. Cool. Uh, Mr. Bailey, what do you recommend? I recommend unmuting your microphone before starting to talk, (laughs) because then people can hear you. Um, I'm going to go ahead and recommend NCIS again. I've been watching a lot of that lately. Yeah, and, dude, that, uh, that's that's made a win. That's it's like such an epic, epic show. And USA is finally now showing stuff from last season, so I'm catching up on a bit of that. Uh, I'm going to recommend Justice League Crisis on Two Earths for hmm. a fun superhero romp. I, I, I enjoyed it greatly. Uh, I would I would advise getting the two disc set. Uh, mainly so you can see the incredible puff piece that DC put out as a featurette, uh, oh, and it no. has two of the uh, two of the better episodes of Justice League from the second season of that animated series, which I, I really like. Um, I also recommend being married because it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I, I really mean that. Wow. My, you know, I. I, I it's 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 a miracle to me every day that I found a woman to put up with me. So uh, so yeah, I recommend that too. 
It's a good thing JR after... isn't on the line still for rebuttal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, after after last month's episode where you got lucky at the end of the show, I mean, my goodness. Man. All right, uh, Stella, what do you recommend this Well, time? since somebody just mentioned Farscape, I just have to say that a really cool uh, classics course is coming out next semester, and, of course, I'll be gone. Um, but I guess where the course examines different um, ancient texts, um, I don't think it's just, no, uh, I think it is Latin and Greek, and then comparing it to pop culture, and one of the major things is actually Battlestar Galactica, and I just really mm-hmm. wonder how this is going to be tied into it, so I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, but for my literature, um, it's sort of more of a novel, it's less literature, um, and I wanted to recommend it last month because it was um, it was uh, Valentine's Day. It's a romance novel. I don't read very many of them, and I only read them on the warm scale from because you know romance novels go from warm to so hot that my hoo ha just turned into hash. So, <laughs> so I stand the second time I've heard that, it gets funnier every I it's not a reference. I actually made my own little like this is a romance novel like scale and made these and you know okay uh, maybe I'll send that sometime. It's actually kind of funny, sure, um, but fun it's called uh, Table for Five. It's by Susan Wig. She's the only like author that I'll actually read from that, and she just deals with other issues other than just like romance. Like there might be class issues. Uh, this one is uh, three kids. Their mother and father who were divorced uh, get killed, and each of them had. Um, listed a separate guardian in their will and so these two people sort of bicker and of course in the end they do fall in love but it's really touching it's it's um i mean it's a hard dynamic obviously these three kids without parents and then these two um, people so i recommend that and um i would like to recommend um batgirl to oracle the message board um i just or this was just created a little bit ago uh, Noctis created it and then we've been working on it for a couple of weeks so if you guys have an itch and it can't be scratched by Monistat um, <laughs> then uh, no, you know you want to talk about Babs and and any Batgirl because there are Stephanie and Cassandra stuff from there you know while breathing um, you know come on over there it's uh, Batgirl to Oracle dot proboards dot com wow that's awesome uh, let's see, what do I got this month? I have a video game, a movie, an action figure, a TV show, uh, and two web comics and a Facebook page. Wow. Uh, <laughs> Everybody settle in, get a cigarette. <laughs> Arkham Asylum, I've recommended this before, but I just recently beat it. Stella also beat it. We both love this game, don't we, Stella? Yeah. Just an awesome, awesome game. Um, I'm looking forward to the sequel. What's the sequel about, Stella? Isn't it uh, the inmates run over Gotham? Yeah, it seems like it, and Two Face seems like one of the um, yeah. yeah the main antagonist. Yeah. Uh, also, the movie uh, watched this on HBO last night. Nixon Frost. It's a recounting of the uh, how David Frost got the interview with Nixon after Watergate, which is really a well put together movie directed by Ron Howard. So I didn't expect it to be that good. I loved it every bit of it. And for the record, it's called Frost Nixon. Oh, well, I'm talking about the sequel. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that uh, was the, um, what was that? That was the, wasn't that like the, the, like hot oil fight they had or something like that? <laughs> exactly. <Whoa. laughs> the action figure which was uh, revealed at the New York uh, Toy Convention was uh, the new Mary Jane uh, three and three-fourths inch action figure. Now, I'm not recommending that figure. 
But what comes packed with that figure is a Ms. Lion action figure from Spider-Man and his amazing friends, which I thought, you know what? I would never think in a million years I would see a Ms. Lion, the little dog from the cartoon. Why is she getting packed with Mary Jane, though? Mary Jane wasn't part of Spider-Man and his amazing friends. I don't care if she's packed with Hypno Hustler. We're getting, <laughs> we're getting a Ms. Lion action figure, so I'm happy about that. I have the article if you go in the archives. On that series. Horrible character. What was, the, what was the point of Miss Lion, dude? Really? I mean, come. Dude, when you're an eight-year-old boy, you think a talking dog with pigtails is cool, all right? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, TV show I'm really enjoying this season is Lost. I think Lost with the, the John Locke story arc is outstanding. Waiting uh, for this week's coming episode, we learn the history of, oh, Kevin, what's the name of that character that doesn't age? Richard. Richard, Richard Albert. We're looking for Richard's origin. I'm looking forward to that. Hell yes. Also. Also, I read issue 2.5 to issue 8 of Spider-Man Crawl Space, the webcomic. Loved every bit of it. Outstanding. Outstanding work, my friend. I highly recommend that over on the Crawl Space message board. Thank you very much. And, uh, Zach, I'm catching up on Crawl Space Adventures. What issue are you on right now? I'm on issue 1. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hence, I didn't see the Wendy reference in the uh, as the secretary. Uh-huh. So. Uh-huh. But, uh, I... Outstanding work. These guys don't get paid for this. They do it for the love of the character. And uh, just check both these comics out. Well, thank you. Also, I want to thank um, all the fans that listen to the podcast that have gone to our Facebook page. Last month, I, I put a request for everybody to bump us up to 400 uh, fans. And you know what? We got 92 of them in a month. So we have 392 fans. So my goal next month, 500 fans. Can we do it? You think we can do it? I think so, yeah. I think we can All right. It. If everybody on your Facebook goes and, and uh, hits recommend all the Spider-Man Crawl Space on Facebook, I would appreciate it. And if you're recommending Spider-Man Crawl Space, why not recommend the Kevin <laughs> Cushing fan page? <laughs> <laughs> and, and, while those yeah, and while you're at it, the SpideyDude.com page, which has uh, and, updates for... Uh, and the views from the Longbox page. And also... The Batgirl to Oracle page. <laughs> <laughs> Last weekend, when we recorded this episode, we were under 400 fans on Facebook. Now, a week later, we're at 430. So thank you to every fan on Facebook that recently signed up. I do appreciate it. Again, if you want to join our fan page, type in Spider-Man in the search bar on Facebook, and we're one of the very first things that pops up. And feel free to add us. Now, before I go, I want to thank MailOrderComics.com for supporting this show. Another Spider Spotlight book is the Spider-Man Marvel Masterworks Volume 4. Now, this volume reprints Amazing Spider-Man 31 to 40, and it has some classic Spider-Man tales. It introduces the Master Planner arc. It has John Romita Sr.'s penciling debut. It also introduces a certain blonde named Gwen Stacy. And the cover price for the book, $24.99. Mail order has it for $14.99, which is 38% off the cover price. So check them out at mailordercomics.com. Gang, that's a wrap for March. Join us in April because we're celebrating 100 episodes. We're going to have a call-in show so you can have a chance to be on the show when we take live callers. Now, just check out the front page of SpidermanCrawlspace.com for more information like the date and the time because those are still up in the air. But we're going to do it uh, sometime in April. I guarantee you that. Just check out the front page for more information. It should be a fun one. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. For the SpiderManCrawlspace.com, I'm your webmaster and host, Brad Douglas.